We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Hello and greetings. Welcome back, fellow galactic travelers. This is Planet 8 Podcast. I'm your mission commander, Larry, speaking to you from our hidden base. Chief Engineer Bob is here in the command center and circling Planet 8 in our orbital spy satellite. As always, is Reconnaissance Officer Karen. You've tuned in to today's mission, and it is going to take us to a galaxy far, far away. Today we'll be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. And let me jump over to Bob straight away. Bob, what did you take away from the Solo movie? Mm, some popcorn, some soda. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I, I went in there kind of wondering how this was going to be because of reading all this. I try not to read too much about what the movies are about, but mm-hmm. I did read... Of course, all the news about the directors getting fired and Ron Howard being brought in and thinking, oh, my God, this could be apologies to anyone who liked it, but this could be another Justice League. So right. I came in with that kind of frame of mind, but I had also seen some people who I respect on Facebook saying they really liked it. So I had cautious optimism. But, uh, no, I definitely I definitely liked it. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't say that I loved it. But I definitely liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that uh, they did a good job capturing the character of Han Solo. You know, a young Han Solo. Um, right. You know, Chewbacca was basically Chewbacca. I mean, he doesn't really change. 190 years, I guess he's not going to change within <laughs> you know 10 or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was. They did a really good job. I do, I also liked some of the sub characters better. I think than some of the other newer ones. Mm. Um, you know, I thought that, uh, that basically, well, I really liked Rio Durant, who was the four-armed pilot that unfortunately wasn't in a lot of it. Right. But, and of course we should say that there's going to be a ton of spoilers in this. There story. is going to be a ton of spoilers. <laughs> yeah, that was voiced by John Favreau. He was, yeah, yeah, definitely. There was two Marvel so. people in there. There was John Favreau and then there was uh, Paul Bettany who uh, right. was also in there. But, yeah, I, th- I thought that was a great character. I thought, you know, his personality was cool and just, you know, the way he spoke and everything. And um, just kind of sorry to lose him so early. I think he should have his own movie sometime. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was good. Also, the uh, was the female lead, you know, Kira, um, I think she was actually one of the stronger female characters, I think, in the series. Right. Um, I agree. You know, personality-wise and just things that she had to do and the fact that there was the whole twist and and now she's running off which brings me and I know I asked you guys once before but I'm just going to ask again and play dumb what the heck is with Darth Maul <laughs> now didn't he die in uh, Revenge of the Sith or was oh, I like dreaming something when I watched it you have to watch Clone Wars and you have to watch Rebels and I guess this confirms that they really are part of the Star Wars universe now right Right. See, because that's kind of the thing. It's like a lot of people, 
I assume there's a lot of people Don't. like me who haven't watched those. Uh, and right. so you go in there and here suddenly Darth Maul pops up with no explanation. And you're like, wait a second. No, he died a pretty convincing death <laughs> previously. So, And then I was trying to, uh, trying to think, well, when does this take place? And looking it up, I guess it takes place actually between Revenge of the Sith and... Um, Rogue One. And Rogue One. So, yeah. you know, it's not like, oh, it was. It happened before he got killed. It's like, no, this was definitely after. So well, You're, you're going to have you know. to give up more of your free time, Bob, and, oh, and start man. watching <laughs> Clone Wars and, and Rebels. I need to so. just throw my back out or something so I'm, like, laid up in bed for a month so I can catch up on all the things I need to watch. But... Um, but yeah, no, definitely. You know, like I say, I, I just really enjoyed the film. I enjoyed a lot of the the, the characters. I thought were uh, more fleshed out. Now I don't know if that was from the original script, the original directors, or if Ron Howard came in and fleshed them out more. But uh, yeah, I'm not you know, sure. Maybe that's something else I need to read up on. But um, definitely, I would I would give it a thumbs up. I would recommend people to go see it. Cool, cool. Let's let's go up to the satellite. Karen, are you reading us? Yep, I'm receiving you loud and clear. All right. Um, I I would agree with uh, Bob. Um, I went into it slightly apprehensive because I'd also heard uh, all the stuff about uh, Ron Howard having to come in and reshoot. And uh, even, you know, they did recasting. I mean, Paul Bettany uh, stepped into that role uh, as uh, Dryden Voss for another actor. They had to reshoot all those sequences with him. And I thought, oh, gosh. You know, they could be this could be a real mess. But um, I was hopeful, you know, Uh, although, to be honest, I I also had this thought of like, do we really need to know that much about Han Solo's history? Um, I wasn't totally convinced that, you know, I needed to know that much about Han Solo. And I was a little bit worried about like losing a little bit of the mystery of Han Solo. Because I feel like there are some characters where it's better not to know too much about them. Mm-hmm. Like I sort of feel like they've done that to Wolverine, like in the comics. Like, we know every detail of Wolverine's life now, and he's just... It's like, oh, it was much more exciting when you didn't really know much about him. And it was like, how, how does he know Japanese? Why does he have metal in his body? Right, right. But anyway, I, I, I digress. So I went into it a little bit skeptical, uh, and then on top of it all, it's like, of course, the obvious thing is like Harrison Ford, right? Mm-hmm. This great charismatic actor. And how can you how can you replace him? Um, but honestly, within about 15 minutes, totally sold on uh, young uh, Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, he did an, a nice job. I mean, he's not Harrison Ford, but he did a nice job. I thought the pacing was really good. Uh, they kept the story moving. Uh, like Bob said, there were engaging characters. So it wasn't just Han Solo, but you had, uh, you know, uh, Woody Harrelson's character. Beckett was interesting. Um, you had uh, Kira uh, Chewbacca, of course, I loved. So it was great seeing him. Oh, yes. Um, they had this nice story about this the, the train robbery, which I thought was going to be like the big piece in the uh, movie. And uh, you know, really was at the beginning of the movies, but that was a very exciting uh, action sequence, which I enjoyed. So, um, yeah, I would say I really enjoyed this. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie, but it w- I thought it was a good movie. I think it deserves to be doing better than it is. Unfortunately, here we are uh, a few days after 
the premiere and it's I, I checked this morning it's doing like 103 million domestically mm. um, which you know you could say well 103 million is good but they expected it to be doing like 150 or more so um, not quite you know what they were hoping um, and I can't help but think you know there's they're talking about different reasons why and you know, is it too soon after Last Jedi? Is it that people were scared after hearing, you know, about the troubles they had making the movie? But I hope people will give it a chance because I think it's, I think it's a really entertaining film. Um, and uh, you know, there's some stuff in it that's kind of formulaic, and I'm sure we can discuss that. But but I would say, yeah, I give it a thumbs up. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I and I thought it was interesting. We don't have to have any Jedi in this. Yes. Uh, Yes. And not a whole lot of empire. There's some influence of the empire, but it's really about that kind of criminal, seedy underworld. And that was um, that was an interesting world to explore. Yeah. What is what's your take on it, Larry? I, I agree with you and Bob. And uh, not not that I have anything against the Jedi, but it was nice to see another part of that galaxy far, far away. Um. I enjoyed the surprise uh, ending with uh, Darth Maul showing up. I've been following the Clone Wars, Rebels. Um, it gives me hope there's a character in uh, both of those shows called Ahsoka Tano. Anakin uh, yes. Skywalker takes on a Padawan in Clone Wars. And uh, for you know various reasons, she leaves the Jedi Order, not to become a dark character, a Sith Lord, but just she's... You know, seeing problems with the Jedi. And in Rebels, she helps form or work with the Rebels, build the Rebel Alliance. Um, and, and I thought, man, it would be great if she showed up in uh, this last Star Wars movie and tell Luke, you know, I knew your father. And, you know, bring that animated character into the, into the real world, as it were, Star Wars. They chose not to do that, but I do have hope that she will show up. Um, in the future, there is a great episode, Bob, and I think it's in season three or season four. We could talk about it later, or we'll throw it on our Facebook page for further discussion where um, Ahsoka Tano confronts her ex master, now oh. Darth Vader. Yes, that's this, a really good episode. Oh my God. You want to talk about a good episode? Anyway, back to Solo. Okay, um, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. <laughs> Um, I like, as far as consistency, the person who voiced uh, Darth Maul, Ray Park, reprised the physical uh, representation of Darth Maul. He was the actor in episode one. Um, the uh, voice actor from the Clone Wars and from uh, Rebels came back to do the voice of Darth Maul. And I thought that was a nice... Um, thing to do so that there's some uh, consistency in yeah, I think uh, the animated. That was, that was Sam Witwer. Thank you. Thank you, Walker. Um, it was uh, the other thing, too, that really uh, made the movie work and move for me was the musical cues. There was uh, a lot of the John Williams music that was incorporated into uh, this movie. And, and not just a copy of, you know, this is the Millennium Falcon Chase, but a piece of it, and then it went into whatever musical cues they used for the film. Um, 
Yeah, and and then so why didn't it do better? I don't know. When I I went Thursday night, and um, it, the the place that I went to go see the movie was not as packed as uh, Avengers. Um, that that sold out. Uh, this did not sell out. There was there was room in the balcony still. So why that was, whether it was the two directors who left, uh, Ron Howard has a great pedigree as far as being a director. I think he did a great job. I think Karen was telling me that he had to film something like 60 or 70 percent new uh, footage for the film. Um, but it, it worked on so many levels. It's not a perfect movie. Um, nor is it my favorite in, in you know, the entire Star Wars movie cycle, but it's good. All right, so I would say, here's a question for both of you. I'll yes, Bob. Two, I guess. Discounting New Hope, Empire, and Jedi, where do you think this one ranks amongst the original, you know, the parts one, two, three, and the newer films? Hmm. That's a good question. So you're saying, uh, not counting the original trilogy? Yeah. Or hell, let's count the original trilogy. I don't know. That's that's probably another podcast. Uh, there's a lot of Star Wars films out there now. But okay, so. Um, well, I'd put it ahead of the prequels because I really, really don't enjoy the prequels. I like the uh, Clone Wars. Uh, I, I I like Clone Wars better than Jedi. Better than Return of the Jedi? Yeah, better than Return of the Jedi. Oh, oh. See, I always thought with Return of the Jedi, I, I have always a problem thought with Ewoks. if I could go and back and edit that, yeah, I would cut out all the Ewoks. I'd make a really good, like, 20-minute movie out of it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I was never really a big fan of, of Jedi. But I keep saying I need to go revisit those again. But I think they're pretty much kind of one and done for me. I just didn't really see a need to go back and watch them again. As far as the new films go, you know, I liked Rogue One. I think I would put Solo probably above Rogue One, somewhere in between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, maybe. But you know, as I think about it, I don't have as big a problem with the Ewoks as I did years <laughs> ago. So um, they should have been Wookies, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd probably put so Star Wars Empire, Return of the Jedi, Rogue One I really enjoyed, Force Awakens I really enjoyed. I'd put Solo after Force Awakens, then uh, Last Jedi, and then uh, Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith, and then Episode One would be bottom of the list for me. I, th- I think my ranking would be very similar to yours, Larry. Mm-hmm. Um and I think what's interesting is how different uh, Solo is to Last Jedi. Yeah. And, you know, there was, there's been so much controversy after Last Jedi. And, and I, I feel like there's, you know, that branch of fandom that embraced Last Jedi because it was so very different from the Star Wars that came before and then the group of fandom that, despises last jedi because of its how different it is and uh this this movie clearly is is much more along the lines of 
previous Star Wars, and and in some ways, I think one of the faults, if if I would fault this, is that, you know, it sort of had a built-in checklist of things it it felt it had to do, like, oh, here's how Han got his last name, here's how he got his blaster, here's how he met Chewbacca, you know, and some of that you can, you know, some of that felt okay, and then some of it felt forced, Mm -hmm. Um, but... You know, all in all, I didn't mind it too much. Um, but clearly they they were going a much different direction of, of keeping the fans happy and meeting their expectations, whereas Last Jedi was all about sort of shredding your expectations. Well, um, I know they also like went to extremes when it came to trying to explain one throwaway line in Star Wars. Where he made the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs. Right. And it's like, okay, so that's like saying I made it to the grocery store in two blocks. But mm-hmm. you know, okay, so he found a shortcut and you know made it twelve instead of fifteen, sixteen, whatever. But um, yeah, they went to a lot of trouble to explain that. I mean, that was like a whole chunk of the movie. But I guess the Kessel Run must have been a, an important part. But. Um, it it worked for me. I mean, I, I I'm I'm not one to really dissect movies, uh, you know, scene for scene. Overall, it worked for me. It was enjoyable. Um, any of the deaths that came about, I didn't cry. My fiance would look over at me, you know, a couple of times. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with this. One. You know, and when I think back to the original Star Wars, I mean, Uncle Owen, Aunt Beru didn't cry. It was sad, but you know, even when Obi Wan, you know sacrifice became one of the force this was a fun movie um i love how he met chewbacca you know the beast hasn't been fed for three days and you're thinking oh boy <laughs> you know what is this like a rancor or you know uh is it a do-back uh you know it turned out to be it's, this oh, go ahead it's a, well it's a little disturbing if there's an implication that chewbacca might have been eating humans well he eats um, borgs i mean we, we don't know what what the Wookiee's diet is, but they, they are flesh eaters. He rips arms off. He rips, yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I thought they did, they were like pitch perfect with the relationship between Han and, and Chewbacca. I, yeah. I was a little dubious about Han being able to speak sh- uh, Shri Wook, whatever the, right. the Wookiee language is. But uh, I thought they got that relationship down really well and and Chewbacca it was nice to see him get more to do um, oh yeah I loved the way Chewie was like jumping around on the train and you know uncoupling this and um, just a very very energetic and, and lively uh, Wookiee and uh, the new guy and I believe his name is, is it Jonas uh, oh gosh I feel bad because I now I don't recall but he's doing he's done a really good job capturing a lot of Chewbacca's expressions um you know the the thing where he always you know Han will do something and and Chewie kind of rolls his eyes or shakes his head and you know he's got that down um really well so it it's a seamless feeling of like this is Chewbacca you know Walker I'm gonna Uh, I'm gonna butcher his name but it's Jonas Suotamo yeah, he's Finnish. Yeah, yeah. He actually um, does some little videos on Facebook for Disney um, explaining how to how to talk Wookiee and, and stuff like that. It was a nice little vignette. 
so yeah, he, so he's, he's the heir apparent of uh, he is of Wookiees, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and and he's a young guy, so he's able to do all the physical stuff that uh, Peter Mayhew, bless his heart, you know, right. as he got older, couldn't couldn't really keep up with. So, right. um, but yeah, he's he did a nice job, I thought. Uh, taking on Chewbacca and uh, it worked really well. I, I will say this kind of going in a different direction real quickly. I'd, I'd mentioned Disney on Facebook. Uh, they have this thing called forces of destiny and Kira has an episode with IG 88 and Hondo and they're about three minutes long. Uh, Leia has one, all of the, uh, well, most of the characters have these little vignettes. So if you guys get a chance to check that out, they're interesting. I would have never paired IG-88 and Hondo with Kira, but it, hmm. it works. Also, L3-37, Lando's robot friend, maybe more than a friend, I don't know, <laughs> mentions Black Spire Station, and that is one of the new lands in the Star Wars Disneyland, Disney World hmm. parks that are coming out. So Disney sell is it, so great, it. exactly, with these... <laughs> Connective tissues, and, and I always talk about uh, Walt Disney builds Disneyland Park, and he's doing a made-for-TV movie called Matterhorn Adventure or whatever, and he builds the mountain in Disneyland. You can watch it on TV and go ride the ride. The man was just brilliant. Anyway, back to Solo. Well, I guess one character we haven't really even touched on was Lando. Yes. There we go. So, I mean, what did you guys think about about him i i i liked it um donald glover i thought did a great job um he he was fun he was funny um there were some great lines in uh uh, between him and han that i think kind of pay off later on in in empire strikes back and return of the jedi uh how han wins the falcon was a lot of fun um what did you think, Walker? Well, I thought um, I thought Donald Glover was was perfect. I thought he really did a great job of capturing um, the character that Billy D. Williams created. Um, I loved I loved the closet with all the <laughs> the capes and the shirts. Yes. <laughs> and he had a shirt that looked very much like a Hawaiian print shirt, which I thought was hilarious and. Um, you know, the style and you can see the Millennium Falcon that Lando has is so clean right. and pristine and beautiful. And, and of course, the Falcon that we're used to is so banged up and dirty and run down. So it, that was kind of hilarious seeing that ship and seeing how how, you know, well, well groomed it was at one point. Um I was a little surprised because I expected there to be more of Lando um, in the movie, and he's actually not in uh, large sections of the film. He doesn't show up for quite a while. Um, So I was a little surprised. I thought maybe he would have a larger role in the movie, Uh, but I thought they did a great job with him. And, um, you know, he came across exactly what you would expect him to be, you know, this, this conniving gambler. Um, so I, I thought that was really well done and I was very intrigued by, um, L3 and by the relationship between them, which I'm not sure what was going on there. And I was also, and I don't want to sidetrack us from Lando, but I do want to talk a little bit more about L3 and her 
sentience and mm-hmm. the stated droids in the Star Wars universe, but I, I don't want to sidetrack us from Lando at this point. Let's toss it over to Bob, finish us off with Lando, and then we'll get into L3. Well, no, I think, uh, you know, he definitely captured the charisma yeah. of Billy D. Williams and what he brought to the character. And uh, I, th- I think they used him, like, just enough. Mm-hmm. I think if he was in any more, it, it would have been a little too much. But he was there to basically facilitate Han getting the Falcon and explaining that part of it. And that was really the main reason for him to be in there. But He, he was uh, good. I, like I say, he did a good job, but he didn't have the swag that uh, Billy D had. I felt well. That comes with really? age, right? <laughs> I, I, that's how I, you know, I'm not saying he, he did a bad job. He, he did a great job, but I, I just, I love Billy D. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah, no, I thought the whole L3 thing though was was interesting in that at first you think that it's all kind of in her mind. Yeah. You know how much Lando really likes slash whatever um, his affection for her. It seems like. Like she's almost imagining all this until, spoiler alert, she gets uh, wounded in battle. And then you see his reaction to it and what he will go through to bring her back to the ship and, you know, rescue her and all that. And it's like, okay, well, maybe maybe there is something to this, even though who knows uh, anatomically how that could be. But um, I thought that was definitely an interesting twist. Walker? Yeah, he certainly had great affection for her, if not, I I don't know if there was love there. I I liked some of the little things they did, like when they were flying the Falcon, they had their little fist bump thingy that they did when they took off. And so you could tell, like, oh, these guys, Lando and L3 have been a team for a while. They're very comfortable with each other. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was sort of like, wow, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but it's interesting. Um and it's something we have never seen, at least I've never seen in any incarnation of Star Wars. I was trying to think back, like, have I ever seen anything like this, even in, like, Clone Wars or Rebels? But I don't think that cartoons would do anything like that. Um, so that was that was an interesting take that they threw in there. And then just the character of L3, I mean, something that's always bothered me about Star Wars is that a lot of the droids that we see are seemingly sentient, you know, if you think about intelligence and self-awareness and consciousness, mm-hmm. but but they're all basically slaves, whether they're working for the Empire or working for the Rebels or whatever. Um, occasionally we see some that are on their own, like I think IG-88 was doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. But right, um, right. So there's sort of this undertone of servitude or slavery, which... It's kind of disturbing. It is. They, they, uh, could you make a good point? Whether they worked for the good guys, the bad guys, they all had restraining bolts. Yeah, you yeah, know? and and so they really kind of address that in a. It's not the main point of the movie, obviously, but they they do kind of address it here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was that was interesting um, that they had that happen. Although it was a little bit comical too. Right. Right. And well, I guess I guess speaking of robots too, this is even though George said at one to, at one time that throughout all these Star Wars stories, they were all pretty much about R two D two and C three PO, and this is the first movie where they were not even in it. 
this is the first movie they were not in it. There was something I read online where George mm. actually went to the first day or one of the first days of shooting where Ron Howard came on set and he was just wishing Ron well and he ends up staying the whole day and they're filming something and Ron's like, well, you know, we've got to figure out Han Solo's going to do this and George is like, why don't you just have Han say this? And they all look at each other like, yeah, that solves it, doesn't it? I mean, George is still, you know, it's still his galaxy. He still knows those characters. As far as 3PO, uh, Karen and I were talking about this earlier. Anthony Daniels did have a guest appearance in this film, not as a droid, but as an alien named Tech. And uh, the Wookiees that Chewbacca meets uh, on um, Kessel, uh, Segwa is the name of the Wookiee that they bump foreheads to. Tech is behind that Wookiee and yells out the line, this way. So those of you out there who care about that minuscule little <laughs> background information, uh, that was that. I, I've got to say, uh, when you see those other Wookiees, you realize that Chewbacca is a damn handsome Wookiee. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Chewie's got some he, swag like like Billy D. Well, you knew oh, that he, from the holiday special. Oh. <laughs> and on that we, note. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, any, is uh, that canon or what? <laughs> that goes beyond canon. Any any last thoughts on Solo, uh, Walker? Comments? Yeah, well, you know, I guess one of the things I was thinking about, um, I, I just kind of, well, I, I, I don't know if I want them to make another Solo movie or not. You know, mm-hmm. I enjoyed this one. But I'm kind of satisfied with, like, do I really need to see any more activity between this part of Han Solo's life and the original Star Wars. I I don't Mm -hmm. know if I want to fill that in, you know, I'm kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. Although I'm curious, you know, Kira is working for Darth Maul and I'm, I'm wondering where that's going to go. And it's, I could see something somewhere filling in that story, but, uh, as much as I enjoyed this, I don't know that I necessarily need to see another movie. And I and I do have to say that I have a little bit of concern. I know Disney wants to put out like a some sort of Star Wars movie every year, um, but you you have to wonder if it starts to dilute the franchise a little bit. It, you know, Star Wars. It used to be such a special thing. If we have a Star Wars movie every year, does it become less special or should we just be like, hey, it's great. We have Star Wars every year. So I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about it. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I mean, we we've all talked amongst ourselves about how like when we were younger, you know, we had a lot of crap movies that we would watch and we would be like, oh, this is great because it was like all we had and we should be really appreciative of what we have now. But I do Star Wars is special to me, so I kind of worry about you know if we start making movies about like the Cantina Band or something, I'm I'm a little concerned that we dilute the the flavor of it. But um, otherwise, I would say I, I hope everybody who likes Star Wars goes out and sees it because it's a much better movie than I think it's getting credit for. Bob, no, I agree. I mean, don't let your possible dislike of Jedi or your reservations over a change of directors keep you from seeing the movie. It's definitely worth going to see. 
and it's definitely worth seeing on the big screen. So catch it while it's still in theaters, and hopefully, hopefully it'll do a little better. Hopefully, may might do more money in the foreign markets, but um, it's definitely better than the box office would lead you to believe. And um, yeah, I I would like to see a, a sequel because I'm kind of curious about the whole Kira Darth Maul thing, and right. uh, whether. Han Solo is in that or not. I assume he'd have to be, but he wouldn't necessarily need to be if it's just concentrated on them. Like I say, I thought she was one of the stronger female characters in the series, so I think she could probably carry a film, you know, with Darth Maul as the antagonist and and that whole story. But as far as seeing a Star Wars movie every year, um, I think it's smart that they're doing the Star Wars movie every other year and they're doing these fill-ins in the years in between. Uh-huh. Gives you a lot more to watch. Gives you a lot more to enjoy. Um, you know, if the superhero genre hasn't burnt people out yet, I don't think Star Wars is going to anytime soon. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, for now, I'd say, you know, keep it going. If it starts leveling off or whatever, then, you know, pull back and slow them up a little bit. But, uh, as far as solo goes, uh, yeah, definitely. I think people should go see it while they have the chance. I agree. Uh, I think people should go see the film. I understand Karen's reservations about, uh, you know, all right, Star Wars was very special to a lot of us. As long as it's a good movie, and this is a good movie, um, we're gonna we're gonna finish up the podcast here. But I want you guys to go to Facebook. We're gonna throw some questions out there. Uh, was this as good or better than The Last Jedi? A lot of people had a problem with the pacing of Last Jedi, that slow chase. <laughs> um, and, and this didn't have a slow chase in it. I thought this film was very well paced. As far as a second standalone Han Solo movie, I don't know that Disney's going to do that. I know they're talking about a Boba Fett film. It's possible that Han Solo could be in that Boba Fett film with Kira Chewbacca, Darth Maul. Um, I don't know. There's talks about, um, I can't think of their names, but the guys that do Game of Thrones doing a Star Wars TV show along the lines of Westworld or Game of Thrones or something like that. I don't know if it'll be that adult in content. Uh, Probably be more family friendly, but there's a possibility we'll see more of Darth Maul in, in those iterations of Star Wars or in the films. Uh, especially uh, or an additional Kira and, and um, Lando and who knows, but be sure uh, be sure to listen to the end of the show. We'll give you all the information on Facebook and our blog spot and everything. What has happened is it's come time for our sensor sweep. This is the time in the podcast where we bring your attention to one of the latest and greatest products and shows that we believe exists in the known and unknown universe. And today, our very own chief engineer, Bob, is going to share with us one of those items. Bob. Yes. Uh, this item just came out. In fact, I just got it last week. Um, it's coming out from Seven Seas Entertainment. They're actually doing a number of uh, English adaptations of, of Japanese manga, like classic, like Captain Harlock and Cutie Honey and things. And so this one is another Gona guy. Uh, character just came out it's a uh, devil man the classic collection volume one hmm. and this thing is it's translations of all the original gonna guy devil man comics uh 680 pages worth 
and there's another volume coming out. But uh, Devilman, if you're not familiar, um, even though this came out in the 70s, uh, it's pretty mature. And some of you might have seen Devilman Crybaby on Netflix, which is playing now. That kind of takes it to a whole different mature realm. But as far as uh, just classic Japanese manga or anime, um, Devilman definitely stood out as one of the more violent sexual type uh, shows out there or manga out there. And, oh, my. Uh, it's all, uh, <laughs> oh, my. It's all uh, in black and white and all just, you know. Is he a robot Bob or is he a, a giant he's a, uh, he's a kaiju? Old, he's or? a big old demon. A demon, okay. A devil man, okay. So you've got uh, Akira who uh, basically shares a body with devil man. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they basically fight demons and devils and everything else. And uh, that's where all the uh, the violence and things come in, whether it's ripping off limbs or disemboweling right. or oh. whatever. Oh, it's, my. Uh, yeah, it's uh, well, always been one of my favorites. And to see the original comic come out, in this way, and it is hardcover and, and all. Um, it looks great. I, mean. I, it, I love it. I can't wait to, to just jump right into it. Mm. And the fact that they're also coming out with uh, Cutie Honey, which is another Gona Guy um, character, and they're also doing Captain Harlock, and it looks like they might even be soliciting some Yamato stuff for next year. So mm. um, if you love classic Japanese anime... Um, Keep your eye out for the stuff, and definitely uh, you can run over to Amazon and pick up Devil Man, the Classic Collection, Volume One. Cool. And we'll uh, we'll try to get this information up on our uh, blog page as well. That would be great. So you guys get a chance to check that out. I'm sitting here with Bob, and it, it really looks pretty cool. Um, I'd heard of Devil Man before, but I, I didn't realize there was that much information in print about Devil Man. Uh, look, folks, we want to thank you for tuning in yet again. We want to put a special thank you and shout out to our friends over at Project Pimento. If you get a chance, check them out. They are gracious enough to allow us to share some of their theremin music at the end of our podcasts. Uh, they have two CDs out, and uh, I can't say enough good stuff. Uh, you head over to projectpimento.com, and they also do live shows in and around, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, I believe it's the San Francisco Bay Area, somewhere oh, on yes. planet Earth. So oh, yes. uh, anyway, they update their page frequently, and uh, I have uh, caught them live myself. Uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. Did you let them go after? I did. Okay, I cool. did. I did not abduct them, although I'm thinking about bringing them to Planet 8. And and I'd like to throw out one more thanks, too. If you guys have been enjoying our open uh, that yes. we play every episode, uh, that was put together by a friend of mine, James Banks, over at Video Engine. And uh, I think he did a great job with that. So I'm really grateful to him for doing that for us. Thank you, James. Hey, so like I was saying, folks, we appreciate you turning into Planet 8. Uh, our goal is to put two of these out a month. We're looking at the 8th and the 22nd of the month. We have some exciting podcasts coming up for you guys in the future. So please stay tuned. Uh, be sure to visit our Twitter page, our Facebook page, our Blogspot page. You go to www.planet8podcast.blogspot.com. 
and all of our links are there for our podcasts, uh, our Twitter page, our Facebook page. The conversation continues. Like I said, I'd like to hear what you guys think about uh, some of these other possible uh, ways to watch the growth of uh, Kira and Darth Maul uh, in this galaxy far, far away. Be it television, a Boba Fett movie, or who knows, maybe a Yoda movie. Um, you guys, <laughs> be safe, take care of one another, and we will talk to you soon. This is Planet 8 and Transmission. <laughs>